So we begin the setting. So we begin by taking our seat, as Jack alluded to last night. feeling the body in a seated posture, feeling the places where the body is making contact with the mat, the floor, the chair, and slowly bringing our awareness to the body as a whole and the fact that we are breathing. So feeling the breath as we breathe in and as we breathe out. And so as we begin this sitting, it's important to have some idea of what it is that we're attempting to do. What we're trying to do here is just to continue the process of developing mindfulness, specifically mindfulness of the body. And so as you may recall yesterday, Noah began by talking about the body and the, the breath. The fact that the breath is the body and that we breathe in and we breathe out. And the idea here is to bring our awareness, our attention, to bring care and attention to the body while seated, while breathing. and that we're not really going anywhere, we're not trying to do anything. The idea is just to settle back. It's almost as if we're able to step aside and just observe the body and the mind, the body and the breath. So when we think about Loving awareness, it's really about care and attention to the breath, to the body, and to create this ability to step back and to observe the coming and goings of the sensations in the body as a result of breathing in and breathing out, and just allowing us to just observe it in a way where we're not trying to interfere, interrupt what is happening, but just to be aware, just to notice we're breathing in while sitting, we're breathing out. And you can prove this very easily by feeling the posture, feeling what it feels like when we are sitting and just breathing. The analogy I like to use is the analogy of the eye of a hurricane. So that by sitting and breathing, just being still and observing what is happening without identifying, without interrupting, without interpreting, we are able to create space by just observing and allowing things to happen. So that you might say a big part of this practice is letting go and letting be. Letting the breath come in, letting the breath go out. When the mind gets involved in thoughts or images or sounds, just thinking about the body, just thinking about the breath, and the mind is right there. There's no need to judge what is going on, just to begin again. Let go and begin again. And just another reminder that for some of us, if we're sitting and we get really sleepy and 
and it kind of takes over or distracts us from being present with the body and, and the breath, then by all means feel free to mindfully stand up. And the same goes with posture. We like to sit, sit upright, not rigid, but firm, or at least upright with the sternum open. And just allowing the body to be as it is, allowing the breath to come and go as it is. And if we experience discomfort in the body, just noticing the sensations of that. And what you might discover is that when there's a sensation that is unpleasant, that there's a movement of the mind to move away from it, or aversion. And if there's a pleasant sensation, then you can see where there's a movement towards. In this particular instance, what we're asking for is this ability to be still and to know that we are sitting and breathing and just allowing things to rise and pass away. An example might be, you might hear a sound as you're sitting and breathing. You allow the sound to just float on through. You don't have to get involved in it and to label what it is and then to have the thinking that goes with that. So that we're actually trying to create space between stimulus and response so that we're not habitually reacting to something before we actually know what it is. What we are actually doing is stepping back and allowing things to happen. And even though there's an urge to move forward or to move away or to space out, we just notice that and we stay still, we stay present, we pay attention to what that feels like. And when thinking is happening, we just notice that thinking is happening and we, just by applying or thinking about the body, thinking about the breath, then you're right back to it. And so even if the whole of the session is just coming back or getting lost or getting distracted and then remembering the body, the breath. That's it. So when we can identify with the eye of the hurricane, we notice that with a hurricane in the middle of all the samsara, all the whirlwinds, all the turmoil, there's this space, this ease, this peace, blue sky, silence, stillness. And to the degree that we can just be still and allow things to come and go, we can experience this space, we can feel it. Sometimes it's referred to as a still small voice or a place of rest. And that the way we relate to what is happening also enhances our ability to come from that space, to be in that space. It's similar to breathing in and breathing out and noticing as you exhale, there's a space before the inhale comes. And then as we finish the inhalation, there's a space and then the exhalation comes. So it's about being in the space between whatever the stimulus is, whether it's a thought, sound, sensation, and the response versus reacting to it with no space, just habitual, reactive, process so that we actually can can just choose our response or, we, or choose to just be still, choose to just notice, oh, sound is happening. 
thinking is happening. Seeing or imaging is happening. And just thinking about the body, thinking about the breath, and you're there.
Just noticing where your mind is right now. Is it engaged in the body and the breathing, or is it focused on some external object or thoughts or images? Just thinking about the body, thinking about the breath, and you're right there. It's actually a process of allowing things to speak for themselves, so that you're not interpreting, you're just allowing things to speak in their own language. You're allowing the ability to see things anew, fresh, to engage in the mystery of life, to engage in the idea that it's okay for us to become willing to be surprised by seeing things things we see every day in a new and fresh way.
in the remaining moments of this sitting, please feel free to make any adjustments in physical posture, or whether you need to adjust your energy, your application of energy. So if you're trying too hard, you can ease off a little bit. And if you're not quite trying hard, hard enough, then you can bring more energy into it. And if you have it just right, then maintaining that. Between a stimulus and a response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Victor Frankl, Aust Austrian psychiatrist, survivor of Auschwitz.
So we have about five minutes for any questions regarding the instructions. So I'm making the assumption they were clear. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Very good question. No, right where you are. Uh, yes. She said she was asking whether it was okay to stand where she is or should she go to the side to stand. And my answer obviously is no. We're trying to practice being where we are. And it's very important to understand that the body is always going from one posture to the other. So it's a really good practice when you're sitting and you get sluggish. If you stand up, that you mindfully stand up, and and that can. She said it really helped her. Yes, ma'am. Our next group gathering. Where are the locations? I don't have a head. Yes, yes. So I was going to get to that, but I can answer that now. In the back of the hall, on the bulletin board, there's instructions to, you know, your groups and where you're going to meet, and there's maps out there that will direct you to where you need to go. Yes, ma'am. And if you don't see your name today? That means you're going to have an interview tomorrow. Okay. Thank you for reminding me that. Anyone else? They start at 9.45. Oh, yeah, the interview started at 9.45. Um, yes, and there's some business we need to do, right, um, in terms of practice leaders. Is that one of the things we need to talk about? So how is that process? Do we ask for volunteers or? Okay. For the 10.30 and noon sittings, we need um, practice leaders, volunteers. Anybody? Sit up here and take the comments. 10.30? 10.30? Okay. Karen, noon? So we got them for both times or just yeah. one? Okay. Very good for practice. Yes. Any other any other announcement? So I wanted so it's probably a good idea to talk about walking, and maybe it's better if I just read. Um, so one thing I have to cop to is I'm a recovering perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> And so in the Satipatthana Sutta, um, it talks about uh, the practice of being in a body. So it talks about, um, let me see exactly what I want to say. So it talks about the four kinds of clear comprehension, and it talks about, um, so I just want to cut to the chase. So it says clear comprehension in all activities. So the, the intention is to have a continuity of mindfulness. So it says, in defecating and in urinating is a person practicing clear comprehension. In walking and standing in a place and sitting in some position and sleeping and waking and speaking and in keeping silence is a person practicing clear comprehension. And I would add to that listening. So what it means about clear comprehension is clearly knowing what we're doing. So even though I say, we're sitting and sitting and breathing and knowing it is enough. Knowing we're breathing in, knowing we're breathing out. And it seems way too simple, but, but that's what it, it talks about. And then I want to read a little bit more. It says, in this way regarding the body, he, he abides or she abides, contemplating the body internally and externally. And I notice sometimes in the sitting, some people do the external thing. But... Both internally and externally, he abides contemplating the nature of arising and passing away, of both arising and passing away in the body. Mindfulness, mindfulness that there is a body is established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness. And he abides independent, not clinging for, for, to anything in the world. And that, too, is how to regard to the body he abides, contemplating the body. In other words, it's mindfulness practice is 24-7. You can always ask ourselves the question, 
you know, or knows your body's doing something. Because to get from one place to, get out to, to another, your body has to change. And to the degree it talks about even when you extend your hand, just knowing it, or your arm. So it's this idea of, I call it being in the body. Just every once in a while, just noticing what the body is doing. So when you get to walk, you know, Noah gave you instructions on how to do that. So you can continue to do that, but you got to be in your body and you can know you're walking because you, you know or you get to understand what it feels like when you are walking. And your breath is always there. And if it's not there, then you probably don't have any problems. <laughs> so if that makes sense. And so, oh yeah, yes, yes ma'am. Yeah, well, uh, my suggestion would be, uh, she said, uh, in terms of walking, is it the ball or the, you know, the heel or the ball? And of course, it, to me, I think what's really important is consistency, doing it the same way each time. And if you do it that way, just be paying attention to what you're doing and how it feels. So you can get into the nuances of you know, whether you're doing it in combination with your breath or whatever, but I think the most important thing is like I just read, that knowing that there is a body to the degree that you have bare knowledge that there's a body and it's a way of continuing to have mindfulness. And so the answer to your question is just know that your body is doing what it's doing and being present with it. As I like to say, it's a good idea that our body and mind are in the same place at the same time. So that's one way of doing it. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so did everybody hear what she was saying? She was saying that she avoided mind, uh, walking meditation for 11 years, and when she got into it, she could see the intention. She started seeing, separating the intention to walk, and um, that, that really opened up her whole practice. It's just this idea of really um, being able to try something that was probably unpleasant or perceived as being unpleasant, and that's the thing. And she asked a question... She doesn't know why she didn't do it before that. I can't really answer it for you, but my suspicion is it was perceived as being unpleasant. And so when something is unpleasant, we move away from it or we anticipate it not being what we want. So... Okay, so you're not moving, but do you eventually move? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so that's what that's a clear indication. So she said, so by intending and watching the intention to move, that she stays still longer, or she doesn't move as readily, and that that's a powerful thing. But that's the space I was talking about between stimulus and responses. There's a re, you know, there's a sound. We can just notice the sound without reacting to it, like somebody next to you moving, and you say, oh, not again. You know, why don't they go sit in a chair? Or, you know, there's all of this stuff that happens where all we had to do, the only thing that really happened was there was a sound. But then we, we made it in the noise, or we made it into a problem. So we're trying to create space and see, even when we see that, even when we see the urge to say it, at some point we could slow things down creating enough space where we could see the intention to say something. Like she talked about the intention to walk. We can see the intention and we can see that it's because of some, some unpleasant thing that makes us move. So we're either moving towards or away or we're spacing out or we're being equanimous, just being present, but there's an interest, there's this quality of, well, what is this? And it's not, so there's a difference between indifference and just being uh, still and seeing it, but not having a need to interrupt, interfere, or change anything. And that, that takes a lot. And that's what we're doing when Jack talked about 
acquiring our seat, that we can start to be able to see things, not just in the body, but when feelings, we get into feelings more, and we get into, you know, thoughts and and sort of uh, dharmas, you know, like the hindrances and the factors of awakening, that we're establishing this seat, that we're able to observe things in a way where we're not so reactive. Does that make sense? And we're out of time. So uh, thank you and happy sitting, and hopefully this is helpful, and this is another step in our journey of not only self-discovery, but acquiring more wisdom which is the antidote to ignorance. So thank you. And interviews now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.